Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we have our first message in the season of Advent. This is the time in the church calendar where the church often uh, celebrates the first Advent of Christ with a look to the future coming of Jesus. And that is what this passage that we're looking at today is about. Earlier this year, we did a series on the book of Revelation, and this passage is similar to some of the stuff we covered as Jesus is speaking in very apocalyptic terms. But as we will see, these aren't to give us fear, but to help us have faith and trust in Him and to love others. said I've been kind of sick all week um, had not looked at the text uh, for this morning until last night and I looked at the text and I'm like oh my goodness this is Advent we're supposed to have something cute and Christmassy and instead we get the apocalyptic sayings of Jesus about kind of the end of the world kind of stuff I'm like I already did that series earlier this year um, So I was in a a slight bit of panic last night when I started thinking, wow, I was kind of like wanting to do something on the little drummer boy uh, or something like that. Maybe maybe I should do like a series of like Jesus at the movies or something where we could just look at Christmas movies and pull out the spiritual things. Right. Can we do that? Yeah. No such luck. But I committed to going through the (laughs) lectionary. Uh, and part of the reason I wanted to use the lectionary was to get through Advent, to, to shake things up. And so we're going to be shaking up this morning. Glory to God. You ready? <clears throat> so now for some, um, some nice words from Jesus. As, as uh, Ricky, Ricky Bobby would say in Talladega Nights, this isn't the sweet Lord baby Jesus <laughs> in the manger saying these words today. These are actually words from Jesus, um, not too, too far away from the crucifixion. So here we go. Luke <clears throat> chapter 21, verses 20 through 36. But continued, but continued Jesus, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that her time of desolation has arrived. Then people in Judea should run for the hills. People in Jerusalem itself should get out as fast as they can. And people on the countryside shouldn't go back to the city. Those will be the days of severe judgment, which will fulfill all the biblical warnings. Woe be to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. There's going to be huge distress on the earth. 
and divine anger against his people. The hungry sword will eat them up. They will be taken off as prisoners to every nation, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the pagans until the times of the pagans are done. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. On earth, the nations will be in distress and in confusion because of the roaring and swelling of the seas and its waves. People will faint from fear and from imagining all that's going to happen to the world. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great majesty. And when all these things start to happen, stand up. Lift up your heads because the time has come for you to be redeemed. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are well into leaf, you can see for yourself and know that summer is upon you. In the same way, when you see all these things happening, you will know that God's kingdom is upon you. I'm telling you the truth. This generation won't be gone before all this happens. Heaven and earth may disappear, but the words of mine, these words of mine won't disappear. Watching for the Son of Man, so watch out for yourselves, said Jesus, that your hearts may not grow heavy with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that the day comes upon you suddenly like a trap. It will come, you see, on everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Keep awake at, at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will be happen, that will happen, and to stand before the Son of Man. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would open our eyes to, to encounter you in this text. And God, even as, uh, as, as one speaking on this passage today, God, I, I pray that you would help uh, clear away through all my uh, thoughts today. Help me, help me to speak what you're saying, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you very much. Did, did, was it that noticeable? <clears throat> it seems in the last couple of weeks, I haven't actually spoken in church in two weeks, but a lot has happened in two weeks uh, since last I spoke here between the uh, Paris terrorist attacks the subsequent reaction by the Russians bombing ISIS, the French bombing ISIS, uh, the, the, the plane being shot down by Turkey. And that's just the stuff on the international scene, not to mention 4.5 million Syrian refugees who are displaced without a home. Um, that's just the stuff out there. I, I heard that in New Orleans earlier this week there was 14, 15, 17 people... Sh- 17? 17 people shot in a public park? Somebody was killed in Waffle House in Biloxi the other night? Because she, she told a guy he couldn't smoke in a Waffle House? Uh, we've got all kinds. I mean, does it seem like the world is just coming apart at the seams? It does. I know there's people that speculating that perhaps we're on the verge of uh, World War III if it hasn't begun already. It's scary stuff out there. And uh, when I read these words of Jesus about people fainting because of fear, I'm starting to see, like, that's a real possibility. People are starting to lose their stuff <laughs> out of fear. 
It's a crazy world. Things are being shaken. Jesus is speaking to his disciples in this passage of the beginning of some shaking in their world. Now, the first part of this, uh, verse 20 through 24, this is actually a prophecy that Jesus gives about the fall of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was called to be, Jerusalem was actually a city on a hill, by the way. If you've never been there, it's a city on a hill. And so when Jesus says, you're the light of the world, a city on the hill, that's actually kind of a reference to what Jerusalem was supposed to be. Jerusalem was intended to be a light to the nations, a city on a hill, this this the special place where heaven and earth would intersect in the temple. And Jerusalem was called to be this place that would, would guide the nations of the world into knowing what God was like. But unfortunately, when Jesus comes on the scene, Jerusalem, instead of being a light to the nations, had come to represent an unholy alliance between corrupt religion and Roman br- brutality the collusion of which would actually see Jesus crucified. And Jesus tells Jerusalem on many occasions leading up to this, he says, if you just turn and, 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 and welcome the Messiah in, things would be good. Jesus warned Jerusalem, if you don't turn, you're going to end up like Gehenna. I said a few weeks back, Gehenna was this valley You can see it from the walls of Jerusalem. It's this valley. Gehenna was a valley where they would throw the bodies of of convicted criminals. They would throw their bodies out there. They wouldn't give them a proper burial. They would burn trash out there. Gehenna was the place where there was always maggots and worms and death and decay and dogs and fires burning the garbage day and night. It's no wonder that Gehenna came to, to represent what we call hell today. And Jesus said, if you don't turn, this city of Jerusalem is going to turn into the dump, Gehenna. And this prophecy that Jesus said was actually fulfilled in 70 AD. Jesus actually said all this stuff's going to happen shortly, and it did. 70 AD, the Romans surrounded Jerusalem and laid siege to it. They destroyed the temple. I'm, I got to go to Jerusalem a few years ago. The temple is... is I mean, you can still see the, the foundation of it, and it's massive. The foundation of that temple takes up blocks. But the Romans destroyed everything on top of that foundation. Josephus, the first century Jewish historian, said that, that the, the bloodshed was so bad in the city, they were throwing bodies over the walls of Jerusalem into Gehenna where they were being burned. We see that everything that Jesus said was actually happening, that, that the city of Jerusalem was actually becoming the rubbish pile. And Jesus is telling his disciples, this thing's going to happen, but it's not for you guys. So when you see the armies coming, don't hang out in the city. Run. <laughs> Get out of here. He said it's going to be really bad if you're pregnant or nursing because it's going to be hard to travel. But Jesus is telling them that, 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 that things are going to be shaken. It's not just a shaking, though, of Jerusalem. Rome, in the three or four years leading up to this, was in a very difficult time. Nero, the most insane emperor that, that Rome ever had, 
I got to watch some documentaries on him when I was sick the other day. Just nuts, man. This guy, uh, he committed suicide. He actually got his servant to help help him commit suicide. But it threw the Roman Empire into this period of a few years where they had four different people vying for position. The whole empire was starting to come apart at the seams. And it was in the midst of this that Jerusalem was sacked. And if you were living in that part of the world at the time, it would seem as if this is it. Everything is over. Everything we have known and trusted in, the the Roman peace as it was proclaimed, the Pax Romana uh, had, had come apart. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's the end of the world. And this really brings us into this next part. Uh, Jesus says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on the nations. On earth, the nations will be in distress and confusion because of the roaring and the swelling of the seas and the waves. What is this moon and stars and waves? What's that stuff mean? <clears throat> if I was to say, that last week when I was in Texas, man, it was raining cats and dogs. What would that mean? It rained a lot. <laughs> right? It just means it rained a lot. This is pouring down. You wouldn't actually try to decode the symbols of the cats and dogs. Like, what does he mean by cats and dogs? And you'd be like, no, it's, it's rain. If I, if I said, man... I went shopping on Black Friday. I expected to get this big TV for cheap, but it cost me an arm and a leg. Whoa, dude. <laughs> I hope it was high def. <laughs> I hope it was 4K, man. <laughs> you wouldn't actually think that I, I gave my arm and leg for it, I hope. Or if I said, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, you would know that that would be an impossibility, Right? Not that I would eat a horse even if I was that hungry. These are expressions. These are ways of, of, of saying something with exaggerated language. The language that Jesus is using here is the same kind of language employed by many of the prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, also in the book of Revelation, as we talked about, it's apocalyptic language. When, when, when prophets talk about the stars falling from the heaven and, and the moon being darkened and, and the waves roaring and stuff, these are just ways of saying, man, things are going to get crazy. These are earth-shaking events. You know, probably if the prophets were talking about 9-11, pre-9-11, they'd be saying, you know, something's going to happen, a plane's going to hit a tower, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like the stars falling from the sky. That would be how they would say it. So this is a phrase. Oftentimes we miss the point about what Jesus is saying because we try to decode symbols that were never meant to de- be decoded. They're just like saying, it's raining cats and dogs. Jesus is saying, it's going to get bad. Everything is going to be shaken. This is the the way the Old Testament prophets would speak about the shaking of empires, the shaking of governments. They would speak of it in cosmic terms. And it says, then they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great majesty. Now, There's been a lot of ideas concerning this line here that I think have really missed the point of what's actually going on. Jesus is actually referencing Daniel 7. Daniel 7, Daniel has this vision. It says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. 
he approached the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is just a, a term for God. And was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Oftentimes when we hear this passage, we think of Jesus coming in the clouds. I've seen artwork, got Jesus coming in the clouds and stuff. But that's not what it's saying at all. When we look at Daniel... Coming in the clouds was actually returning to God and being given authority. This is a picture of what happens with Jesus after the resurrection. It's not Jesus coming back on the clouds. The coming in the clouds is actually Jesus ascending to the Father and being given authority and dominion. Keep in mind, everything that Jesus says, he says this will all happen. Nobody's going to pass away before this stuff happens. Jesus dies on the cross buried, he's raised, as it says in Philippians 2 and many other places, he's given a name that's above all names. He's given authority to rule and reign. And so, with that in mind, he says, when all these things start to happen, stand up and lift up your heads because the time is has come for you to be redeemed. I talked to a few people when they've read this passage or they grew up in a church where this passage was read. Anybody hear this passage as a child in here? I know a lot of people who have like PTSD from this passage. They grew up scared to death, you know, because oftentimes this was tied into the, the like the left behind, not the left behind. There was those movies in the seventies, Mark of the Beast. If if or, does anybody remember those? They were scary movies. They would just show a, some clothes lying on the ground where a kid used to be. Um, <laughs> and I know a lot of people who lived in fear, like the rapture was going to happen and they were going to get left behind. They were just going to be a pile of clothes lying there. And and passages like this were used to just scare the bejesus out of people, you know, and just. Um, but what Jesus is saying here is not to scare us, okay? We're not, Jesus isn't trying to, like, creep his disciples out. He's trying to actually help them to trust him. He sees what's coming. And he said, look, all this stuff is going to be shaken. But he said, you, you, stand up. Raise up your heads. You don't bow to this stuff. See, I, I know we got a lot of stuff to be afraid of lately. I mean, if you, if you want to be afraid, boy, you can throw a rock in any direction and find something to be afraid of. There's ample things to get anxious about and depressed about. But the truth is, and, and look, I want to say this. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. I get afraid all the time. I get afraid every Sunday. I got to speak to you guys. You should see you. No, y'all are very gracious. But it's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to be ruled by fear, though. What happens 
when we begin to be ruled by fear. When I begin to be ruled by fear and anxiety, what do I do with my stuff? What do I do with my money? (laughs) Try to find somewhere to stash it and hide it and keep other people away from it, right? When I am being ruled by fear, I begin to see other people who are different than me as a threat to my livelihood. When I begin to be ruled by fear, I become susceptible to hate. When I begin to be ruled by fear, my love grows cold because now I'm not concerned with mercy or compassion for other people. I'm just concerned with protecting myself. When I am controlled by fear, I can't love. Jesus says these words, not that we would be freaked out, but he's saying, look, this stuff's going to happen. I believe part of Jesus' prophecy was to the people at that time, specifically about Jerusalem. But I believe the other part of these words is that, hey, this is the natural cycle of things. Ever since Jesus has been enthroned in heaven, the kingdoms of this world are being shaken. We can be fearful, and usually we're fearful because our lives are built on the things of this world. Or we can trust in God in the midst of those things and know that he ain't going anywhere. He will not be moved, as we sang earlier. The storms can come. They can rage. He ain't going anywhere. Our lives are built on Christ. Stand up and raise up your heads. When the wars are raging around you, stand up and raise up your heads. When the economy is shaky, stand up and raise up your head. When needy and suffering people are coming into our community, stand up. Be courageous. This is not the time to shrink back, but to love extravagantly. See, this is the real place where the God the kingdom of God gets shown it gets revealed in the midst of the kingdoms of this world being shaken this is the time when the light shines the brightest because everything else is revealed a shaky ground see this is advent <laughs> you, you go like what the heck does any of this I thought we were going to have a Christmas message <laughs> I want that sweet Lord little baby Jesus with his gold, golden fleece diapers and his halo. <laughs> Just a baby, but omnipotent. <laughs> I want that baby Jesus. Let's talk about him. Now, here's the deal. Advent, Advent is about a time... You know, we, we celebrate Advent at the time of the year where the days are the darkest. I mean, just in a physical sense. 
it's the time of the world in, 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 our, in our church calendar where we, we get introspective, we think of the darkness that we're facing, but we don't think about it as people to, who despair because Advent is about people who hope, people who yearn and long for the coming of the kingdom of God. And so we don't wait trembling. We don't shrink back in fear. We wait with anticipation. And we pray the prayer that the early church has prayed from the beginning. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. That word Advent, it means the coming of the King. So we celebrate the coming of Jesus into our world the first time, but we also celebrate now as the people between the first and the second advent as people who await the return of the king, to quote Tolkien again. (laughs) The other passage out of the lectionary for today is not so intense, but I think it is a great place to land this message. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for uh, from one of the earliest letters that he wrote. He said, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Paul is praying for this early church that he planted, and he's saying, I just pray that you would grow in your ability to love each other and everybody else. And I pray that you'd be strengthened. And I think if there's one thing that we could pray right now in these perilous times, these dark times where it seems like everything is coming apart at the seams, where everything in our world is shaking, it is, it is Lord, God, just give us strength to be courageous and help us to love each other the way you've loved us and help us to love other people that are outside these doors. Help us to do that. So can I pray these words over you this morning? Why don't y'all stand up? So may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God, our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, if you need to stick around and get some personal prayer, we'd be glad to pray with you. Otherwise, pick you up a shirt. Buy some shoes for a kid in Honduras. Get your free cup of coffee. God bless y'all.